You're listening to The Big Show on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Hour number four of The Big Show continues here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. It's Garrett Vanderplug and Shan Vergy coming to you live from the Doug Legacy's Basement Systems downtown studios. Hey, Shan, you got a basement? I do have a basement. Is it a wet basement? It's soaked. Well, you better contact DL Basement Systems. We have a lasting solution to keep your basement dry. If you experience any water in your basement, contact Basement Systems. They're all things basement Visit dlbasementsystems.com. Over the weekend, Canada beats the United States to capture FIBA Cup World FIBA World Cup bronze. It's Canada's first medal at the FIBA World Cup and the first time the team has ever finished inside the top five. And to talk more about Canada's incredible run at the FIBA World Cup, we go down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline to talk to the host of the Behind the Play podcast. And he's been covering Team Canada from Indonesia. It's Alex Adams. Adams, uh, Alex, thanks for taking the time today. How are you doing? Great, great. Thanks so much for having me on. Uh, I got to ask before we get into the basketball, um, you've been doing a great job, obviously, covering the games out in Indonesia. What's been your favorite part about Indonesia? Is it uh, the food or what, what's been your favorite part uh, of your time down there? Yeah, no, I, I, uh, I definitely say the food was really, really good. A lot of cool rice dishes. I wish I knew the, the right terms or, or what they were called to, to kind of recommend for other people. But uh, uh, I'm back now in Canada, so um, definitely uh, the jet lag hit me uh, hard with the, the early morning games but um indonesia was a beautiful place and amazing amazing food and it was really cool to cover the team yeah i'm sure that was a great experience and uh just getting into the the games as a whole the tournament as a whole obviously the players would have wanted to have their shot at taking home gold during this world cup but for the canadian program as a whole getting a bronze medal on the international stage still feels like a massive step forward do you think that's how the team is viewing this after that run or do you think they kind of expected this from themselves um, I mean, their expectations, I think, maybe a bit naively was to win the gold medal. Um, I thought going into the tournament, that would be pretty unlikely. And if you had told me they're going to make the Olympics after their really tough draw with Spain and, and France and Latvia, and that they, they beat the U.S. in a bronze medal game to capture bronze, um, I, would, I, would, I would take that in a heartbeat. And I'm sure at least uh, the players might not have thought about it that way just because that's how professional athletes are. But I'm sure the organization and and the CEO, Mike Bartlett, Ron Bear, would probably take that. Um, Because as you mentioned in the intro, it's it's the first time ever men or women have got a medal at a a World Cup or World Championships um, in basketball. And just the way they did it to, to beat the United States, Dylan Brooks owning everyone in the United States at this point, um, and uh, obviously Shea Gildas Alexander playing amazing throughout the whole tournament, and, and he was my MVP. So uh, overall, just a huge, huge statement win, and um, there's already reports today from the U.S. that LeBron and Steph and all mm-hmm. these uh, players want to come back, and maybe that's because uh, Canada maybe trampled on the U.S. flag a little bit yesterday, and uh, they want to try to reclaim it. But uh, Canada will be a, a medal cont- contender in, in Paris, that's for sure. And I'd imagine guys like... Jamal Murray and Andrew Wiggins will be back uh, unless, uh, you know, injury or something uh, along those lines. Yeah, you brought up SG there, SGA there uh, a little bit too, and I want to talk a bit about, uh, talk a bit more about him. Uh, tell me what it was like getting a chance to watch Shea Gilgis-Alexander up close while he ran through this tournament. To me, he's already established, established himself as a good player in the NBA, but this tournament established that he could be one of those upper elite you know, category players, uh, your thoughts on SGA's tournament as a whole. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, going into this year, I mean, playing in OKC doesn't get a lot of fanfare. 
and people don't really he doesn't have a lot of eyeballs on him but he he came fit in mvp voting he was first team all nba which essentially means top five player in the league last year and this felt this tournament to me at least felt as though just his him establishing himself on on the world stage but also really putting him maybe next year or the year after that he might be an MVP candidate in, in terms of really seriously fighting for that spot. The, the Thunder are going to be a really good young team for the next little while with all their draft picks and everything. So uh, I really think he, he supplanted himself as one of the best players in the world, and, and Canada's pretty lucky to have him. And uh, he's going to be there in, 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 in Paris, which will be really cool because a lot of times in basketball, it's who, who's the best player on the court, and then that team wins. And uh, you could see that for the most part, Shea was able throughout this tournament to, to do that. And man, I have not been around a calmer athlete, no matter uh, if Canada is up by 20 or down by 20, he, you know, has, he's just always calm and uh, calculated and, and what a, what a player he is. Yeah. And his style of play is just so smooth. And that comes across even across TV. And I'm sure you even saw that more uh, looking up close and courtside and whatnot. Another big player that was a big part of this Canadian team was Dylan Brooks. And do you think that this tournament may have improved the perception of Dylan Brooks or the image of Dylan Brooks around the league? He kind of casted himself as the villain of the NBA, him and the Memphis Grizzlies, but he definitely took the leadership or the heart and soul role on this Canadian team and ran with it. What are your thoughts on that? Oh, I think that's undoubtedly the case that Dylan Brooks is viewed very differently from how his season ended with Memphis, which was probably the lowest of the low, where Memphis was saying, well, we're going to cast him off. We're not even going to try to re-sign him. And now Houston looks very, very smart in terms of their, their signing of him to, to a four-year $80 million deal, which if he plays anything close to the way he played in this tournament is a steal of a contract. So um, I was worried ahead of this con- uh, of this tournament. How is he going to – the big thing with him is, is his shot selection. And I don't think he's going to shoot 58% from three throughout an NBA season. That that doesn't seem quite reasonable. But watching him around practice, he was the most consistent three-point shooter. If that's something that he carries on into the NBA season and he's a 40% shooter and, and a, he won defensive player of the year or of the, the tournament uh, here at the FIBA World Cup, he always brings the defense. Um, what a player the Houston Rockets will have. And it's almost a 360 um, especially capped off by uh, in, in terms of his perception after that USA win where he drops 39 points. Um, I don't know who had that on their bingo cards ahead of the game or, or in this tournament that Dylan Brooks would have 39 points against the United States of all teams. So what a performance um, outside of Shea. He was just phenomenal and, and really him and Shea uh, together uh, led this team to the Olympics and, and to that bronze medal. We are in conversation with Alex Adams, who's been covering the FIBA World Cup in Indonesia on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. It's hour four of The Big Show. I'm GVP and he's Shan Verji. Alex, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned uh, LeBron recently saying that he wants to, to compete in these Olympics and bringing so many players, obviously those those big names, the Steph Currys, the Kevin Durants. Uh, how many players can we expect to see turn over from this FIBA World Cup team to the Olympic team next year in Paris? Yeah, I would say there's going to be some tough decisions, but overall, I'd say the seven NBA players, I can list them out. Just Lou Dort, Shea, Dylan, RJ, Kelly Olenek, Powell, and Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Shea's cousin. Those guys, if they're healthy, are going to be there, and, and all of them have, aren't uh, free agents, I believe, other than maybe one or two. So they're all going to be there unless catastrophic injury. 
What's going to be more interesting is I'd imagine Jamal Murray's there, even if Denver goes deep. Um, there's, it's a less of a commitment. It's more three weeks compared to maybe a month and a half. Um, and then the biggest one will, I am sure, uh, well, I'm not sure. I don't have reporting, but I'd imagine Andrew Wiggins will ask to come back. And uh, that's going to be a decision for, for Rowan Barrett to, to, is he going to break that three-year commitment that if people don't know Canada basketball asked their, their athletes to, to make a commitment. And Andrew Wiggins said, Nope, I'm not going to commit to three years, but he's always talked about how he wants to play at the Olympics and Canada's at an Olympics for the first time since 2000. So um, that's going to be a, a quite an interesting decision, but um, I'd imagine that Jamal Murray and, and maybe Andrew Wiggins are there and uh, Canada will definitely have a real, real shot at, at making um getting a medal and maybe even a gold medal. I, I don't I don't think that's out of the possibility. Um, Shea and uh, Jamal Murray sound like a pretty damn good backcourt and, and pretty unstoppable offensively. So uh, good luck to the rest of the teams in, in the tournament. Absolutely. Well, well, Shea has turned into one of those elite <clears throat> players in, in the league that we that we talked about. Canada hasn't really had that in uh, international play. But uh, obviously with Canada beating USA, that's not really something that's ever happened in basketball. That's what we expect to see in hockey. But um, I want to go back to now that the tournament's over and we saw what happened to the States not meddling. Uh, and I know this debate has been on and on, but the, the world champions debate uh, going back with the, with the NBA and, and this tournament uh, and the States calling themselves a world champion because of what, what goes on in the NBA. Uh, I just want to get your thoughts on that. And, you know, if th- that's why the States have gone in a panic after this tournament. Yeah. I mean, Noah Lyles, uh, created a lot of memes in, in terms of, you know, the world champions and, and you know, winning the NBA championship is a, that you're the world champion. Um, I, I think the one thing that's really changed in the basketball landscape is in the past 20 years is how much basketball has grown outside of the U.S. And if you look at the top three in MVPA this year in the NBA, it's Joel Embiid, who can be French, uh, American, and, and Cameroonian on his own day. Uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo, obviously, for Greece and, and Nigeria. And then Nikola Jokic. Those were the top three. None of them are American. And then SGA was five, who's Canadian. So I believe there's only one who was American in, in top five in MVP, and that's Jason Tatum. Not to mention Luka Doncic and other players as well. So the, the NBA game and then just the world game of basketball is so much more uh, international than it's ever been before. And the U.S. can't just bring an all-star team and try to, to win these games, right? You look at Germany, they've played together for a long time, and, and maybe they don't have as much talent, but they know how to play FIBA game, which is a bit different than the NBA. They have that continuity. Well, for the U.S., they don't. And if they bring another all-star team, I don't know if they'll win, right? They did that in, in 2020 uh, or 2021, and they barely beat France, who did not nearly have as much talent as them. And if it wasn't for Kevin Durant, maybe uh, the French would win the gold medal. So I think that the era of the U.S. being, at least in men's basketball, the, the, the supreme leader and you know going into every tournament as heavy um, kind of favorites is, is probably gone. Like I think now you probably look at these tournaments and you say you take the field over the U.S. more than, so than the other way around, which is pretty cool. And also means that Canada will have a, more of a chance to, to do really well in these tournaments and, and maybe win even a gold medal. We're, we're kind of mentioning that the United States obviously didn't suit their number one lineup, but there's still a lot of respectable NBA players on that roster, like Anthony Edwards, Austin Reeves, and you can go down the list. But 
how how big of a how big of a win was it for Canada to knock off like a historical powerhouse with a lot of pedigree like the United States? And could that make this win taste a little sweeter if you're Canada? Oh, it makes it ten times more sweeter. I was thinking to myself, is it better that Canada beats the U.S. and gets a bronze than maybe makes the finals and lose to a non-USA team? I think just for, for this team and its program, um, they, a win like this really elevates them. For a lot of people, you think about all the Raptors fans, um, a lot of them don't really know about the national team. Um, and beating the USA really puts the Canadian team on a map, and then people are going to talk about it all year ahead of the Olympics. It's been next year now that Canada's there, and they beat the United States. So I think it was such a statement win for this program. And um, if you if you watch it closely, it's not super surprising, especially the way the USA was playing throughout this tournament. But at the same time, to, to say you beat the USA in a, in a World Cup uh, for a medal, too, nonetheless, it's pretty sweet. And the game itself was amazing, too. So um, just it's such a statement win for this program. And uh, hopefully the first of many, which it does feel as though uh, Canada-USA will be a burgeoning rivalry on the international stage for the next little while in men's basketball, which is pretty exciting. Yeah, well, we saw what happened when when the Raptors won the championship. It it all of a sudden the Raptors went from that team in Canada to oh we have to worry about them now. So I you know starting to to get that rivalry with with the United States. But uh, you mentioned the Raptors and I, you do some work for Raptors Republic, and I wanted to ask you a question. Seeing uh, Dennis Schroeder out there, he he's started a couple seasons uh, with Atlanta and with the Lakers, and uh, I, I would say that he's more of, of a backup point guard, but right now he's the number one guy uh, uh, on the Raptors, but winning the, the MVP at this tournament, um, what you saw from him at the tournament, and what can you expect that to transition over to the NBA this year? Yeah, I, I, I don't, it's hard to, to know um, just what, how, how much you can glean from the FIBA World Cup. He was amazing. I think the, the closer three-point line helps him as a perimeter shooter. At the same time, uh, he's he's going to be super confident. He'll have the, the starting point guard role. There's no one really challenging for that him um, compared to maybe other stops along the way for him. So um, he played really well in OKC uh, a couple years ago when he had a defined role. Um, let's see if that's going to be the case here for the Raptors. But um, I don't think it's anything uh, kind of uh, – it's, it's definitely a good thing for Raptors fans. He did have a 4 of 26. Uh, game against Latvia, uh, so he missed 22 shots, which is a bit of cause for, for concern. But I think with with um, with Dennis Schroeder, you will get the the highs and then you'll get the lows, and it's kind of uh, leaps and valleys, um, kind of in between of his game. So maybe not the most consistent, but when he's on, he's on, and when he's off, he's he's, he's pretty off. So um, I would still probably take Fred VanVleet over Dennis Schroeder, but. Um, a hungry and motivated Dennis, Dennis Schroeder and, and someone playing with a lot of confidence is something that the Raptors uh, must be excited about uh, going into this season. Alex, I kind of wanted to switch gears and get back to some of the narratives go, uh, circling around this Canada team before we entered this tournament. And one of the narratives was the coaching transition that this team Canada is going to be going through. So tell me what you saw from Canada's coach, Jordy Fernandez, and how did he get his guys to buy in and transition their NBA styles of play so well into the style of play we see in some of these international tournaments? Yeah, no, I, I had to sit down with him when I was there in, in Jakarta, and he's a very serious guy. He's definitely a player's coach at the same time. He, he can maybe chew out his team, but um, there's that respect between uh, the players and, and himself. 
Um, maybe it helps a little bit that you're not together for 82 games and only maybe 12 or 15. Um, but he, he's a really up-and-coming coach, um, definitely a player's coach. Um, he, he can call out his, his team, but he can also be fair. Um, and I think he's probably next in line for a, um, uh, an NBA coach, a, a coaching job, which is going to be quite interesting to see how that affects his role in, in, as coach of this men's team. Um, and compared to Nick Nurse specifically, he's Nick Nurse was a bit more probably not a player's coach, but a tactician. Uh, Jordy Fernandez made a couple of very good changes in, in some of these games, especially going to Lou Dort, taking out Kelly Olenek, the veteran, because they wanted more switchability and, and defense um, and, and took out Kelly, who had been struggling a bit. So he made that big call, and it definitely worked against Spain and against um, the USA when they started uh, that lineup. So overall, I thought he had an amazing tournament, a couple blips, um, but no coach is perfect. And just the fact that he got this team to, to come together in less than six weeks to from August 1st to, to now, that they're a uh, uh, FIBA World Cup bronze medalist and going to the Olympics. He, he's definitely done a fantastic job, and uh, he definitely loves his Arkells and Alanis Morissette uh, references. So that's that's how he tries to kind of show his Canadianness, even though he's obviously a, a Spanish um, kind of uh, national. Yeah, I think you bring up a good point about how Fernandez is a bit more of a player's coach, and I think that's huge for international teams just when you're trying to get a group of guys to bond in such a short amount of time. And just building off of that element, how did some of the older guys that have been a part of previous Canadian teams kind of prepare some of these younger up-and-coming guys for this tournament? To me, it kind of felt like a passing of the torch moment that Canada's here and we're ready to win now. Yeah, no, for sure. You I, you think immediately of guys like a Kelly Olenek, a Dwight Powell, a Melvin Edgem who were there in 2015 when there was the heartbreaking loss to, to Venezuela. I talked to Melvin Edgem and he talked about how he uh, was with R.J. Barrett and Shea Gildas-Alexander when they went to Manila actually in 2016 when Canada tried to make the Olympics but uh, failed. Um, and you, you, they, there was a sense of camaraderie with this team and just also that everyone grew up together, right, that they've known these guys for forever. And maybe that makes it easier for Melvin Edgem or Kelly Olenek or Dwight Powell to maybe call guys out or or really take that, that sense of leadership. Obviously, Kelly Olenek was the captain of this team at the same time um, just you could see how much it meant to those players as well right after the game that Canada clinched the Olympics in a crazy fashion versus Spain um, in the mix zone I was trying to talk to uh, to Dwight Powell and he was he was teary-eyed he he said sorry man like I just can't and uh, went in and I believe there was video of him uh, getting emotional in the locker room. So you can tell how much it means to some of these guys that have really just put in the work year in, year out, going to wherever in, in the world just to, to represent their co- country and to get Canada to the Olympics and, and to get a medal at a FIBA World Cup. So I think of those guys when Canada won yesterday, uh, getting their first medal and also just making the Olympics. Uh, last one for you here, Alex. Uh, what are some earlier reasonable expectations for this Canadian team when they suit up again next summer for the Paris Olympics? I believe that the reasonable expectation is that they should be a medal contender. Um, now, the field's going to be in a lot of ways stronger. As you mentioned earlier, and we've seen already now rumblings of LeBron James. The U.S. will be a much better team. You think of Serbia, who made the finals 
got the silver medal. They didn't have Nikola Jokic. Um, Germany will still be really good. Um, Greece maybe could sneak in. Australia has a lot of NBA players. So the, the competition will be tough. At the same time, it's maybe a bit easier to go in deep in the tournament because there's much less teams from uh, 32 teams in the FIBA World Cup to only 12 at the Olympics. Um, as well, France will have Victor Wembanyama, maybe Joel Embiid, and uh, obviously at home. So the, the, it will still be a really, really tough competition. At the same time, if Canada adds a Jamal Murray, maybe an Andrew Wiggins, uh, they're going to be as talented in a lot of ways as, as all the rest of the teams. So I won't say gold. That might be too strong, but um, definitely a medal contender should be the goal is to, to go to, to Paris and get bring back a medal. We are chatting with Alex Adams of Raptors Republic, the host of the Behind the Play podcast, and he's been covering Team Canada at the FIBA World Cup. Alex, great stuff today. Thanks for your time. Thanks so much for having me on. Awesome, man. Thanks a lot. There you go. That was Alex Adams. He joined us on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. And uh, Chan, I kind of want to throw the same question to you, obviously being one of our native big basketball guys here. Um, What do you think is a reasonable expectation for Canada come Paris next summer? Meddling is is obviously where you want to be. This this Canada team has a lot of talent. It's it's a very hard ask, and I'm I'm glad that he mentioned Australia. Australia does have a lot of uh, solid NBA players, and they always find a way to compete well. Um, Spain somehow I don't know how they've managed to to do it. You know, winning the last FIBA World Cup and uh, being eliminated from this one, but. The states are the states are are probably I give it a ninety five percent chance they win. Yeah, like those guys. LeBron's gonna have his last Olympics, and and uh, when LeBron goes, everyone else is gonna go. They're gonna walk through that tournament, and Canada will have so many better players. I hope that they allow Wiggins to play. Um, that that's a big discussion, and it's obviously it's up to the players, but. I think you can hope for a bronze medal because I I, I don't think that's out of the question either. Yeah. It, from everything that we're hearing from from even what I've seen, what me and you have discussed off air, that SG is going to continue to take another leap forward. Yeah. Alex even just talked about it there that he could be in the MVP discussion. Mm-hmm. Canadians are going to try and add Jamal Murray. He's coming off an NBA championship right now. We'll see how that goes, but everything's pointing in the direction that Canada is going to make some noise on the international stage when it comes to hoops. Yeah, and it, it's I you watch what happened with the World Cup, Canada like the world cup of soccer and yeah. how, how big it was just to be there. And if Canada is able to compete for a medal at the Olympics, I think you're going to see a very similar reaction where um, it's going to be bigger. Oh, like it, the, it, as big as the world cup is, it, it's not the soccer world cup, right? You know? Yeah. Like, so it's not the same thing. The Olympics is the, the pinnacle of basketball, international basketball. Yeah. And, and, Canada, I'm finding, is becoming more of a basketball country, which yeah. I love. I really do. We I, I think. It, so. Sorry, we invented the games. So. That's a good point. We <laughs> probably should be pretty good at it. But yeah, I, I think I think a, a medal is the goal, and um, if seeing them compete against that stacked United States team is going to be really fun to watch. It will be super interesting, and you know, hopefully, the, the Olympics come feels like that time. You know, comes quicker than what we're all going to be waiting for. We're all going to be excited for Canada yeah. to suit it up again. But that's going to wrap us up here on a Monday edition of The Big Show. Thanks to our guests, Shai Davidi, David Paniota, Charles Davis, and Alex Adams, who you just heard. A reminder, if you missed any of those discussions, you can find them on our podcast, Apple, Google, Spotify, or anywhere else you may stream full episodes 
of the big show. Coming up on the station, we got Jay's Talk Plus right after us. 12 o'clock, we got the fan check down. That leads us right into Sportsnet today with Logan Gordon. That goes at 1. He hands things off to Pat Steinberg and Wes Gilbertson for Flamesock at 3. They'll hand things off for first pitch. Blue Jays and Rangers, going to be a huge series, probably the biggest series we've seen all season. Could decide the fate of the Toronto Blue Jays, and if they're going to make the playoffs, should be an exciting one. Blue Jays, feels like it's a must win. Fired up. Fired up, correct. Jay's Talk Plus is next. I've been GVP, he's been Shan, and you're listening to Sportsnet 960 The Fan.